0: Hello and welcome to Personalized Learning with Matt and Courtney. My name is Matt.
1: Hey, my name is Courtney.
0: We talk about what?
1: Oh, um, the the, the do-do's and don't-do's of Personalized Learning.
0: And we are going to talk a lot about do-do's and don't-do's today. And yeah, we're
1: kind of getting back to the do-do's and don't-do's. Yeah. <laughs> we boardwalked a little bit, but we're back, people. We're, we're back. We're
0: back. We are definitely back. Uh, today, uh, Courtney wants to talk a little bit uh something around schedules yeah something,
1: <laughs> something around schedules so I've been thinking about here's here I here, right behind the curtain right uh, most of the time the topics we get to are because they're things that Matt and I are talking about with other colleagues and and in professional situations in our day jobs because this I mean you have to have something you can't just be a rock star. You need something to fall back on just in case that doesn't work out. So that's why we have our other jobs in case the pod doesn't work out. Agreed. So So anyway, so I was recently talking with people about intervention, right? The -hmm. idea of intervention and extension. How do we, what are different ways schools do this? And Generally, what I often hear about, not by no means 100, but a very common, a very popular method is to have this separate time in the day where learners get sorted either into it used to be called intervention groups. A lot of places now call it like target time or win time, what I need time, you know, where learners go get, everybody is getting something that they need, whether that's um, more complex targets or whether that's help finishing targets, right? Or help on skills and things that they need. Mm
0: -hmm. It's Um, It's more, it's more a positive implication, right? Then intervention means, oh, you're in trouble. Right, it's right, what I right, need, right, right. or something like that, is it's a, it's a yeah. more positive statement, I, and I love that. I think that's I think well, that's a great way to brand it. However,
1: great way to brand it.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: However, what I see many times happening is that the kiddos that are not deemed needing intervention of some kind get to do kind of more fun things.
0: Enrichment.
1: Enrichment, perhaps, or like. A little yeah, yeah, kind of like more interesting activities, and the kids who have been labeled as needing intervention are stuck in the mind-numbing class where skill and drill is just, and it's not helping them. It doesn't help right. them, like because yeah. a you've shot their motivation simply because they can see their peers over there doing like ice cream sundae math, and they're like, "What the? <laughs> like, I want to, I want to do that."
0: Exactly. And there's no
1: reason why they shouldn't be able to do that in their so. So that's one thing i just i i wonder about those that use of time the other thing i have noticed about these periods where they tend to happen mm-hmm. <clears throat> is that in many cases band and chorus tends to happen at that same kind of period mm-hmm. right it's like this time in the day where people don't want to do quote unquote real academics because so many learners are going to band and chorus, which they should be doing because it is so good for their brains. Mm-hmm. So then they've got to figure out what to do with these other kids, right? And then already then you've built in this conundrum of what about the kids who need intervention and also want to be doing band and or chorus or mm-hmm. God forbid both, God mm-hmm. whatever, or you know, <laughs> universe, larger power, nothing forbid. <laughs> so. So yeah, those are just some of the things I think about, like with how, um, with this drive for intervention, how are, uh, and striving to personalize it as best we can, is that separate time in the day period really the best way to do it? Okay. I don't know. What do you, What I, do you think about?
0: Well, uh, I'm glad you brought up the part about the band and chorus part. Yeah. Uh, because. In many schools, that is a, a huge part of what we want kids to do, right? To have those different opportunities. And as you said, so now what do you do with the kids who don't want that? Right. Okay. Well, maybe there's not enough of them. So we'll just create this, you know, what I need block or or target right. time or whatever it may be because it's easiest.
1: Or then, euphemism for study hall. <laughs> and
0: that, and that, honestly, that is exactly all it is. Because nobody wants to take that next step of, so how do I organize my things that I want to happen in the day, like band and chorus, along with a place for kids to work on what they actually need and do all the other things and hit the different content areas. Yeah. And as I'm saying that, I'm realizing, well, that just sounds overwhelming, Matt. What else are we, we going to do? Uh, you know, one of the answers is obviously you got to restructure the whole school and immediately uh-huh. people are like, oh my God, I don't know if I can do that, which is right. a totally fair way to think about it. However, that does not mean it's like, therefore I can't do it because you yes. can bear. There are better ways to do this. So we have, we have some opportunities. Um, I'm going to start with it like a small one. Okay. And I want you to point out all the errors of this.
1: Oh my favorite. Okay.
0: I know this is your thing. <laughs> so I know a lot of schools really say, okay, we understand that we have an issue here. Yeah and we want to we want to solve this. And we realize with the structure that I just put out there about having all these differing different things that we have kids do, it creates a conundrum, as you said. I love that conundrum is a great word by the way. So we're going to solve this by putting content areas together and we're going to do project-based learning. Okay. Okay. And we're going to do that all the time. So we, kids are going to be working on, let's say three projects a day, for weeks at a time. Sure. Maybe two, you know what, the number is really irrelevant, uh, yeah. but it's broken into different sections. Therefore we have a room for, for band kids to banda course kids to do their thing. Kids can do projects at that time. And they're also doing other projects. So now we have a good mix. Uh, we're not leaving any kids out, right? Which is an issue. And like, if you have like regular traditional scheduling. Uh, so we're going to do project-based learning and everything is going to be hunky-dory. Problem solved, Courtney. No,
1: well, no.
0: Oh, but it sounds so easy.
1: It does sound easy. And you know what? There could be... It is entirely possible that that works. Here's what needs to be paid attention to, which many times falls off of the radar in a purely project-based environment, um, is paying attention to and developing um, some some skills, some Mm -hmm. skills, particularly reading and writing. And particularly math. Mm-hmm. Um, there needs to be some time for that to develop out of context of a project.
0: Okay. So here are some of the things that I have heard about and seen. Yeah. You we know, this from. Okay. We're, we're a project based school, we are going to understand what we've got there. Uh, reading and writing and math they need to build their skills and we're finding it difficult to do in these in these project type yes. ideas yeah so we're going to create uh some periods during the day okay where kids are going to take uh take a math class and they're going to take a an ela class and you know what corny it's actually just as easy they also need some science skills so we're going to create a period for them to do some science skills oh and and also, those darn social study skills—they're really tough to put into projects. So we're going to create a period for those also. Um, so my schedule. Well, is now you've gone—you've
1: gone back to the regular schedule. You've oh, back.
0: You were way ahead of me there because I was just about to count out the number of periods, and it gives us a nice, good half hour at the end of the day to work on projects.
1: <laughs>
0: um, all right, so we have—we have good intentions, and now right. we're right back to what we already know. Yeah. Okay. So how is this, how is this actually going to work? What, what have we seen that that might actually.
1: Well, so, yeah. So, so you and I have, have worked. I've worked in a few places that have tried some things and you and I worked in a district together where we did try something mm-hmm. um, where we broke out and we kind of said, look, we understand that learners need some um, some specific skill and conceptual understanding work and practice in mathematics and we understand the same um in in writing and reading with a slant towards writing Yep. with a slant towards writing Yep. Um, and even in that case i'm going to say say with like more of a slant towards informational and argument writing
0: mm-hmm. you know
1: some narrative but more so with you know the the um i don't want to say the not natural types of writing but the genres that are not like inherent to human beings like narrative is pretty darn ingrained in our brains Mm -hmm. but um so we kind of said that that like so you essentially have two workshop and workshop model we we really were clear about that because it's about um it's about practice and repetition and um, volume. And then in in math, in a math workshop, it's about the balance between numeracy and problem solving. It's much more about mathematical practices than it is about calculation and algorithms.
0: Right? right? right. Yep.
1: Um, that that's the kind of muscles our learners need help with, so that they can apply that in their projects. Which is really what happens in most projects. The math and the reading and the writing that is used is more so about applying it and refining it than it is about learning it.
0: Mm-hmm. Or it's supposed to be that way anyway. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Well, um, I don't even know if supposed to is, is the, the right word. But I think what we can say is that in our experiences and observations, the best projects and most successful project-based environments, that is the case.
0: Well, I think it's maybe supposed to isn't the right one. I was thinking of the idea that when we talk about projects, it's about, well, at least I think I'm not going to speak for anybody else, but I think the, the, the idea of doing a project is about the learning that's on the way, as opposed to the outcome of the project. Yeah. So applying all of those different skills, you may fail in some of those applications mm-hmm. and you may have to reorganize yourself and edit and, Uh, really refine what you're doing. But the goal is not to come out with something tangible uh, or presentation. It's about the learning along the way. Yeah. Applying all those skills along the way is where you are actually learning, not in the final, whatever the final project outcome may be.
1: Right, right. So I think in in my head, I I think I want to kind of like re-explain it this way, but if you're, you know how our learners have heard me say in the past, like when you learn a new process, do it with content you already know, it's kind of similar to that idea that if the learners are having their mathematical and literacy skills skills both bolstered and practiced kind of separately off the field, so to speak, when they get on the field, it's less likely that those things are going to get in the way of everything else they're trying to do and learn in the project. Mm-hmm. That's I think that's a better way to explain it.
0: Okay. The, meta- the metaphor we always use um, is, I think, really easy to understand about, it's a sports metaphor, that uh and Courtney loves this one listeners she's heard this so many times
1: I intentionally do not use sports metaphors (laughs) when I'm giving trainings I do
0: a lot because it 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 makes sense for really I mean everybody knows some sports right
1: everybody knows some
0: sports right right. so (laughs) this could really be applicable with literally any sport this is true um so so I'm gonna use baseball and in the at the the very beginning of the year, we have uh you uh, players go to spring training and stuff in early parts of the games. Before every single game, players take batting practice.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Players take fielding practice. Yep. You know the metaphor here is they're learning their math skills, they're learning their writing skills, and then they're applying them every day in the games that they play. Right. And as they go through the project or the season. Those skills don't go away. They don't stop taking batting practice and fielding practice. That goes every day, right up to the World Series where you're at the end of the season and that's your final product is the World Series. They're still taking batting practice. They're still taking fielding practice. Uh, if you talk about football, they're out there before every single game, kicking, practicing plays, um, doing all the repetitions. When you talked about you know learning those, those math muscles and those ELA muscles, They're learning that muscle memory in a sports metaphor Uh, before every single game. It doesn't matter if it's the beginning of the season or the end of the season. So it's the same idea with academics is they need to keep building those math skills and those ELA skills and don't let them atrophy. Basically you need to keep working on those, but then you're actually applying them in different situations because all of those games that they play are never going to be exactly what you wanted So therefore you need to make adjustments along the way and revise yourself and edit yourself. And I, I think it's a great metaphor, honestly, Courtney, uh, because I think, I think it makes sense when you think about how we're going to work this during the day that math and ELA never goes away. They're always need to have those skills that we work on. The next step I think would be, so how do I organize those kids around exactly what they need in order to apply them? And now, now you're not really talking about grade levels at that point but you're just talking about what skills do kids need to learn yeah and move forward in in both writing and math right and now you've got another scheduling issue about how do I organize them right and but now at least we have something that I think works where you're doing writing every day math every day and working on projects where you're applying those things every day yeah i think you've got a good schedule and yeah you know that's a schedule that we kind of had in one of our schools. Yeah, our courses, um,
1: so. I think so. You could go so many different ways with this, right? Like you could just leave that wide open. And if you are uh, a solo teacher doing this, then you you've got it, right? You don't yeah. have to coordinate with other teachers. Even exactly. if you're a team of two, it's a lot easier. Um, but w- once you start to add in more than two people, I think that adults start to panic yep. and we yep. want to do this thing. And to some extent it's necessary. And this is something I am one like raw still wrestling with in my head. Okay. I, I'm stuck between um, not liking parts of this and liking parts of this and trying to find the both end. So the, the thing that I see happen is that adults overlay schedules on this open project based time. Mm -hmm. whether that's splitting the the, like let's say you have the afternoon right from 12 for easy you have from 12 to 3 right so maybe splitting it in half so then kids learners have to be in two projects at one time or saying you know well you know on Tuesdays and Thursdays they've got banned so you know so kind of trying to make these like Franken-schedule things to accommodate all of that rather than just like letting it flow, right? And letting it happen. Then they also try to do this, um, like putting a a longer term boundary around the projects, right? Like we're gonna, every project is gonna go for six weeks. And then at the end of the six weeks, we do this whole kind of like, you know, signing up for your college classes type thing and reshuffle the kids into different um, and I uh, and it is needed. Something like that is needed to some extent, especially if you start to have like four, five, six teachers involved in this, right? And you're not keeping it into pods of like one or two teachers, you know? You you know, like okay. Um, and I start to see those structures creep in and start okay. to actually ruin the intent of the whole open structure anyway, of just having workshop for the, for reading and for ELA math and then open project time. Okay. So that's that's a piece that I struggle with still around this. Like I know there's a both end in there some, somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just not sure what it is yet.
0: Interesting. I didn't really think about that, how it, that the creep part is what you went to. That totally makes sense. Uh, I'm pretty sure you don't have a solution for this right now, right? I don't. Yeah, because I'm nope. thinking like, I don't I don't know what nope. to do because a project has to end eventually. That yeah, you know, in a lot of a lot of places that do this type of uh this type of thing anyway, have like a celebration night where yep. parents get to go and see all that sort of thing. So that implies you have to have some type of end.
1: There's an ending, right?
0: Um yeah, I think like I think part of point. what I
1: have seen happen is then that the the stress for the adults. Becomes more about the scheduling and sorting the kids than it is about the facilitating the projects. And that's when it becomes a problem. Okay. So, what maybe it's something like okay, a six week project and then like a two week something else you know like that feels maybe more like quote unquote a traditional schedule where you know i don't know i mean maybe you just you focus on like you know okay we're going to do two weeks on how to use microscopes because we know that the next project's coming up are going to involve micro. you know like mm-hmm. maybe it's something like that to to give a little leeway because it also doesn't have to be full on all the time but i do think when it's one or two teachers doing it themselves With just you know, with a limited like you know, forty kids, fifty kids, like that's way more manageable as far as the flexibility of managing who's actually doing what and what kinds of projects are happening. So it's just something I think about. I don't know what the what the solution is, but it's about that the 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 labor, the the thinking labor of the teachers when it shifts to scheduling and sorting learners rather than facilitating the learning. It's lost.
0: Okay, I think that makes that makes perfect sense. I like your idea of having like something else to do in between projects. Yeah, um, as long as that doesn't turn into uh, ELA class, math class, science class, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. Um, which I think easily could. But I think uh, I like your idea of like we're gonna we're gonna all learn about using microscopes, right? And have dedicated time to do something that leads into the next project. Yeah. That that still feels kind of open and not so traditional. Right. So kids don't fall back into that also. I love that idea. I think that's really, that's really, that might be a really good start um, Mm. to see what this looks like. Um, So I'm feeling we came out of this with like, we don't really have answers for everything, which is- Oh my gosh. We might have to
1: put this on the calendar. It's a day we don't have answers.
0: I, I know. Well, I wouldn't say that we had some answers and then we have just some unknowns.
1: Some unknowns. Yeah. How do I, we find the both ends? Yeah. You know what?
0: You know? I, and what other,
1: what other ideas are, are there out there? I mean, I've seen, so we saw a high school that um, totally like they made their schedule much feel much more like a, like a, a college schedule. Mm-hmm. Right, and where the teachers, I think this is also part of it too, right? In that environment, the teachers had flexibility around their teaching schedule. They didn't necessarily all have to be there every day from seven to three.
0: That was super interesting.
1: Yeah, Yeah. that Um,
0: that allowed teachers to connect in different ways. Yep, and plan in different ways. I was just thinking as as you were talking there, like, okay, what do we usually say when uh, when we have like unknowns as to what to do? Uh, what's our what's our standard answer to that one isn't it just uh hey let's ask the kids ask the kids totally
1: yeah, yeah let's, ask that's, the kids.
0: let's let's ask the kids on this one because we're yeah. we are stuck on this one about yeah. what to do if we've got something set up like okay so how does this how do those transitions happen uh let's ask the kids let's do that you know that's the, our answer to everything let's just ask the kids
1: that's the freaking I like kids. that
0: you know what it's nice, it works, and that's less stressful for adults, I think, because now we're really meeting their needs, which is yeah. the goal of what we want to do. So I'm, I'm going to call us winners today.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Good. I think we have answers. The answer is ask the kids, you know, <laughs> get great ideas, but also involve the kids with some of these things. Mm. Uh, it doesn't all have to be adult-based. Um, I've had lots of conversations these last couple of weeks about about different structures that that teachers are trying to put together, and there's a lot of just teacher-focused stuff. And yeah. you know, when we throw out, I've thrown out the answer. Well, you know, what have you asked the kids about? And they're like, uh, I'm like, well, start with that one, and you'll get about fifty thousand more ideas in about five seconds. Yeah. Um, and it it's a lot better to have a wider range of opinions from the kids than it is just us because we're in our adult bubble.
1: So yeah, nice it's a rough
0: bubble. Nice put them together. Yeah, it's no fun sometimes. That's <laughs> it's hard. It's difficult. I mean, just think of all the things that we've talked about here about scheduling and sorting and organizing and setting up these projects and how where where all the kids going to be. There's a lot going on, but if we're doing it with the kids' input about this is what I want to do, this is what I want to see, let's make these things happen, then adults have a pathway at that point that yeah. works for the kids and not just hoping it works for the kids. Right. So. That's a good place to end right there. Where can you find us, Courtney, if you ever want to interact with Courtney or myself?
1: Uh well, we do both have uh Twitter handles. Cool. Um, I am at the Lowland Sea. Matt is at eat sleep stats.
0: And the podcast is at P-Learn MC.
1: Everything P-Learn MC.
0: Yep. Uh, our parking lot uh, is still wide open. You know, we're gonna do some we're gonna do some nice, awesome live radio right here to see if anything is on
1: live
0: <laughs> live radio to see if anything's on our parking lot
1: anything on the parking lot
0: and i am looking at a lot of blank green space right a lot now. of
1: green space hey go yeah go put some questions on the parking lot um
0: and we're going to link to it in the show notes which is something i haven't said in ages so <laughs> we're going to do it and we might even like fire up the old twitter machine
1: and maybe see if, that, see
0: if that works again you know what <laughs> see, listeners? i, I to, might
1: we might have to unplug it for 10 seconds and plug it back in i
0: was if, thinking we we may do that and then of course we'll have to like find the password to it to get back into it uh, i'm sure so we've got it written down on paper here somewhere courtney
1: i don't know it
0: <laughs> all right listeners uh we will talk soon